0: Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: The guy in the black is
3: bad. He's always been bad. I became obsessed with this place. They think I'm insane.
2: He can induce fear.
4: Her attachment to the place is a little spooky. 61-year-old male. he hung himself with a belt in the closet.
2: Oh, my God. I never say I own the place. I say the place owns me. They're saying, can't you get us out of here? I think that he harmed many women. You're mine. You can't escape. My name is Amy Allen.
3: What's happening?
2: I see dead people. It seems like a double. I speak to dead people. He's pissed off. And they speak to me. I felt real fear. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. I think she's being murdered. I rely on my partner.
5: I'm Steve DeShave. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. Mm -hmm. Serial killer pops in my head. And I know every person, every house has secrets. Nobody believes me. It's my job to reveal them. Do you think there's still bodies there? I do.
2: But Steve and I never speak.
5: We never communicate during an investigation.
2: Until the very end.
5: You got problems. I got news for you. When we uncover if it's safe for you to stay. This is our house, whether they like it or not.
2: Or time to get out. This is their house, the house of the dead.
5: I'm in Santa Paula, California. It's about an hour north of Los Angeles. I got a call from a 19-year-old named Gabriella. She tells me her parents, Rosanna and Tom, live in and run a historic hotel. Gabriella says the activity there is so bad, she won't step foot in the place. She even sent me a video that's got me really concerned.
2: It's just only hurt our family by owning this hotel. It has this very negative, dark energy. I really worry about their mental health. It just really freaks me out.
5: I reached out to Tom and Rosanna, who agree the hotel is ripping their family apart. They say if we can't help them, they may lose everything.
0: Before
6: Amy arrives, I look for anything that might influence her findings. This hotel has a lot of artwork and historic photos that have to be covered or removed. When I'm finished, the location will be ready for tonight's
2: walk. During my opening, I saw a cemetery. There are adults crying, men and women. There are about a dozen little wooden crosses, and I hear the children all died. (sighs) I feel really sick. Like, I can't, like, breathe. I think there's something in the air. There's something in the air. Oh boy, this is not good.
5: Rosanna, your daughter Gabriella got in touch with me, and she's really concerned about what's happening here and what happened to the family.
3: Yeah, Gabriella has always voiced the fact that ever since we bought the place, she feels like she lost her parents.
5: Okay, so do you think she's right?
3: Yeah, she's right. Okay. Ten years ago, I came here and I saw this building that was beautiful. It was in such disrepair. I told my husband, let's let's do something about this building. This building needs help. So I convinced my family. It was my idea, my project. Okay. And my family really resents that. I became obsessed.
5: Jeez. Now, who exactly lives here?
3: This is um, my daughter, Aisha, my husband, Tom, and there's myself.
5: Gabrielle is in New York. New York,
3: yes and this is our home in malibu we had the most beautiful spacious home on an acre overlooking the most beautiful beaches so this
5: is where you lived before yes and i understand you still own it but you rent it out yes we do and how long have you guys been here six months so if you wanted to go back there you can go back there i
3: don't
5: want to be rude but i think you're a little insane myself
3: i don't have the strength the confidence to leave I think this place needs me.
5: At the same time, it's destroying your family dynamics.
3: Yes. I'm very torn.
5: What's some of the overall things that people are experiencing?
3: We get people that that wake up in the middle of the night saying that they can't sleep here because they feel that their bodies are being pulled to the floor. Contractors running downstairs and saying, we just saw these children running down the hall and they went into the wall. There are people who hear their names being whispered. Steve. Wow. But also, people are jumpy, uh, more anxiety. And the intensity between my husband and, and myself increased. Everybody's like ready to snap.
5: How's your relationship when you're not here? Much happier. So why don't you just move out of the hotel?
3: I'm you know, scared to, to leave it because I don't know what would happen if I ever thought of, of selling it or, or leaving it. How would it punish me?
2: There's something here that I don't like. It's kind of making me anxious. Uh, Like that kind of rock in your stomach feeling. Like the fear is just disgusting. Like I'm stressed out. I feel very stressed out. I feel like something bad's going to happen.
3: I've been resistant to coming up here. I get a creepy feeling here. I can't even send my employees up here by themselves to clean. I always have to assign two or with a maintenance guy. I mean, they just won't do it by themselves. Okay.
5: Now, this doesn't look renovated.
3: Eight years ago. This was the last last floor that we were finishing up. And uh, we put this place up on the market. Okay. We did that a lot. We renovated buildings and then put them on the market. My husband and I went on a trip. And when we were on this trip, we got the call from hell saying that your building is on fire, and we don't know if we're going to be able to save it. Oh. Wow. It was just growing all over. It was right above this area. Anybody get hurt? Nobody got hurt, thank God. Now, what makes you think this is paranormal? This is the irony of of the whole thing. The fire was exactly $1.3 million of damage, and we were insured exactly $1.3 million.
5: Like, it's trying to say to you, hey, don't go anywhere.
3: Now you know why I have PTSD from thinking about putting it on the market. This place has abandonment issues. Doesn't let me go. OK.
2: Someone's yelling. Someone, some, some female saying, no, oh, can't you get us out of here? Can't you get us out of here? people running there's people running there is there there was something like a fire or something because um you know there, there was a bunch of people here and then they're all uh trying to get out uh as quickly as possible what's going on here
5: you describe how this place emotionally changes you when you come in and how basically you're obsessed with it. But have you ever had an actual paranormal experience?
3: Well, there was one time when I was going to a room and I was going to use the restroom. And it was in an area that was isolated. And as I closed the door, I noticed that the doorknob, it moved. I thought for a second maybe my husband was trying to scare me. Then the doorknob fell to the floor. And I thought, oh my god. I started hitting the door and yelling for help. I became like a crazy, psychotic woman. Now, how long were you stuck? About a half an hour. They found me just devastated, just, just sobbing.
5: OK. Now, it's an old building. So you sure the doorknob just didn't, like, fell well, out? Well,
3: I, I understand what you mean, but I saw the doorknob move. This place is telling me who's in control, that there was an energy, a presence there, that I had to respect, and that they were in control. And that's why I never say I own the place. I say the place owns me.
5: And you really believe that.
3: Mm-hmm. Because there is something here. Okay.
2: I see this guy walking down the hallway. He wears all black. Yeah, ooh, ooh. F- hey. hey. Yeah, he doesn't like uh. He doesn't like women, for sure. Yeah. The guy in the black is bad. He, he, he's always been bad. He definitely is saying, you know, that he's dealt with, with women like me before.
0: What does that mean?
2: He's like, I've taken those out.
0: Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping
5: Well, Tom, I was talking to your wife and she explained what's going on here. You went from an oceanfront
6: Malibu beach house to this. It's night and day. I mean, it is culture shock moving here and moving to this environment and this dwelling. And she also mentioned she's become obsessed with this place. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's one of the few things that she says that I'll agree with completely. I'm surprised she admitted that. Her uh, attachment to the place is a little spooky. Do you believe in this stuff at all? The answer is I didn't. Have you had any experience with that? I've oh, had experiences. What have you experienced? Well, th- there's two distinct episodes. Okay. And the first one is I was brushing my teeth and behind me right here, I heard somebody make this really weird, menacing sound. So I just whip around, there's no there. Right. I ran. I had the toothbrush in my hand, I had toothpaste dripping down my mouth. I ran into the bedroom where Rosanna was, it, it takes a lot to freak me out like that. By time you said you had two incidents, what was the second one? One of the doors to an upstairs room was locked, and this was a room that was not supposed to be occupied by any guest. The door was locked from inside. We're concerned, we're thinking there's a guy in the room. He's not supposed to be there, he's a stranger. What's going on there? I uh, remove the door, and I look around. Nobody's in the closet, nobody's in the bathroom, and the windows were locked from the inside. I'm freaking out. I start looking at vents. There's an air conditioning vent, but it's like this. Check under the bed. Yeah, I'm looking on the bed, but there's not even space. There's nothing on the bed. Everything's locked from the inside. And that, to me, was even more eerie than the thing that happened to me directly. And if somebody says, do you believe in ghosts? I, I All I can say is, hey, these things happen to me, and I can't explain them. Do you think it's dangerous? I think it could be. I think it's potent.
2: The guy in the black, he's very physical. Always like messing with people, like touching, touching, touching. Uh, It's very distracting, very annoying, and I'm sure very frightening for for many people. Mm. Yeah, I think this is him because I feel that same weight, that same fear. Now I know what made me so anxious when I first walked into the hotel. It's this man in black. His presence terrifies the living, and he enjoys watching them suffer. He definitely knows how to induce fear. He's saying that he, he can really harm people.
5: Aisha, mom feels that you guys are really upset with her.
2: We are. She's obsessed. The dynamic of the family was very much disrupted. I almost felt like she loved this place more than me at one point.
5: So you're living here for how long?
2: On and off for like 10 years.
5: Why'd you bring me into this particular room?
2: Well, out of all the rooms, I would say this is probably the most active. Recently, the curtains just started moving. There was no wind. The window wasn't open.
5: Do you have AC in the room?
2: We do, but it wasn't on at the time. No, it was like 2 a.m., no A.C., windows closed, and I look over and the curtains are just dancing back and forth.
5: Okay, was it a windy night, anything like that? Maybe a draft underneath the windows? No, no, no. Now, let me ask you a question. Would you stay in this place alone?
2: No, I couldn't. This room specifically, there's an entity that I think doesn't like it when there's people here. It's kind of like invading its territory. The one tall, dark guy. Like, he doesn't want us to be in here because this is his pad. He doesn't like it when people are in here. What does he do? He makes it, like, weird. Uh, like, loud and disturbing and shocking. He's crazy. So I'm thinking, like, the TV comes on full blast or, like, some an alarm goes off. Just get them out. He's constantly touching me, so I don't like that. (laughs) He's showing me, like, he actually can hit people. I see, like, he's choking women. You know, like, I'm seeing this woman laying in a bed, and he's pinning her down, and he's, like, punching her across the face.
5: I didn't think I'd have much trouble digging up history on an old hotel like this. So I reached out to a local historian and she gave me more than I bargained for. She says Tama Rosanna's property was the scene of a brutal murder. Mary Alice, you mentioned on the phone when we spoke that there was a violent incident that took place before the hotel was even built.
7: Yes, there had been a shooting On Main Street, which had been initiated by this outlaw, Joe Dye, who challenged uh, a man for having an affair with his wife. The man's name was Herman Haynes. Joe Dye actually shot Herman Haynes on Main Street in 1886.
5: Mary Alice, the hotel, I know where it's at. I I saw Main Street. So how far do you think the shooting was? from? It was
7: about a half a block away. That's it? Yeah.
5: Now, did Joe Dye go to jail for this?
7: He did. In fact, I understand he turned himself in, but he was acquitted on self-defense.
5: Wow. So what kind of guy was Joe Dye?
7: He was a known outlaw from Arizona and Southern California. He was known to be very mean and very violent and a high temper. Nobody messed around with Joe Dye. This
5: guy's got that crazy look on his face.
7: Everybody was scared to death of him. He even had notches on his gun It's the number of victims.
5: He has several victims?
7: Yes, 16 years before he was in Los Angeles that he killed his boss. He also shot a dog though, of some adversary or client that he didn't like just to prove that he meant business.
2: The guy in the black is not good. I think he's from way back, like 18 something. Definitely uh, transient, um, traveled all the time. I'm not sure why the man in black is here, but I can see that he's a coward who shows himself as a shadow man so he can terrorize living people inside this hotel. I think he killed prostitutes, mainly. He definitely strangled his victims. Occasionally, he'd have to shoot them.
5: So, when exactly was the hotel built?
7: The hotel was built in 1911.
5: Mary Alice, you mentioned there was another incident
7: yes quite a few years later in 1969 this woman fairy banister was the manager at the time okay and she was awakened in the middle of the night by somebody yelling and pounding on a door and so she of course went upstairs to see what was going on and she came across this young man just having a fit yelling he couldn't find his key so she went down had picked up the extra key and brought it back. And he beat her up and uh, stabbed her. And here is the article. He fled. Okay. And witnesses saw him drive away in a car and he was later arrested.
5: And what was the reason for this guy stabbing her?
7: I don't think they know. She's taken to the hospital. She survives.
5: Is she alive today?
7: She died in 2004. So she died, an elderly woman in her 90s. Ow!
2: Like there's people fighting. Ow! There's something. There's some kind of fighting happening. I feel like somebody gets stabbed. <laughs> hurts. I feel like it's a knife. I think it's a woman. I feel like uh, it caught her off guard. She's trying to get away. You know, I just see hands and feeling all this pain. alright? How?
5: So far, I've got a family that's been torn apart by obsession and a property that's been the site of violence. But I need to see if there's anything else digging through the archives, I find that Santa Paula was devastated by one of the worst disasters in California's history. But the headlines don't say how it affected my client's hotel. I'm heading over to meet with a local author who says she's got information that will definitely help my case. Well, Peggy, thanks for meeting me. I appreciate that. I came across this article about the St. Francis Dam disaster. What can you tell me about it?
8: On the night of March 12, 1928, it was just a few minutes before midnight, and the St. Francis Dam burst, and it released 12.4 billion gallons of water. The flood wave was 140 feet high. This is what the dam looked like before it burst, and this is what the dam looked like after it burst. Wow. Five hours and 27 minutes after the dam had broken, the flood wave finally swept out to sea. 54 miles later, it came right through here. It came right through the Santa Clara River Valley. Look at it now, and this is what it looked like afterwards. By the time the floodwaters reached Santa Paula, it was water and equipment and trees and mud and bodies. Oh, it, was, it was dreadful.
5: What kind of a body count are we talking about?
8: The official body count was about 500. Jeez but a lot of people think that it would have to be higher than that, 600, 700 more.
5: Do we have any idea what the death toll was for Santa Paula itself?
8: approximately at least 200. Where I'm investigating Glen Tavern Inn,
5: was that affected by this? The
8: first floor received damage. It was on high enough ground. Okay. So the Glen Tavern Inn became a refuge for families that had lost their homes, that were trying to locate the bodies of their loved ones.
5: Now, do they know what caused the, the thing to burst?
8: They used shoddy building materials. It was probably greed on the part of Los Angeles. Okay. The floor is wrong here.
2: There's like this sinking, like it's going down like a hole or something. It's here. There's a lot of commotion here. There's a lot of commotion here. The floor was wet. Something about the carpet was wet, the carpet was wet. There's a lot of arguing over this. You know, the guy's like, this is gonna mess everything up if we don't fix this right now. The other men are kind of like, well, we don't really care. It's all about money.
5: I've already got a lot of history on Tom and Rosanna's property, but it turns out there's one more thing. A local sheriff tells me he found a recent debt that didn't even make the papers, right on the hotel grounds. Well, Sheriff Dean, thanks for meeting me. I appreciate that. You said you actually found a debt in the location?
4: Yeah, we actually did some checking and found that there was a suicide back in 2007 that occurred. This is a copy of the coroner's report from the suicide. He was found in the apartments, just to the rear of the guest rooms at the Glen Tavern. 61-year-old male. Henry. So it said he uh, hung himself. What are the circumstances, do you know? He had been living at the hotel, and his family hadn't heard from him for a couple of days. So they actually called the keepers and said, hey, would you mind going and taking a look and check? They used the pass key to go in and found him. He could have been there for, for one or two days.
5: Do you know what the circumstances were? Did he leave a note or anything, or was it just one of those? It
4: really wasn't much out of the ordinary. They did notice several 20-ounce beer cans that were in the trash. It appears he tried to hang himself with a belt in the closet. Uh, it looks like he wasn't successful the first time and found another belt and unfortunately uh, was successful on the second attempt.
2: I just hear the word madman. And I see like a guy in the corner, like hunched down and balled up. And he's like, uh, blah, 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 blah he'll get up on the desk or the bed, you know, and he's like constantly writing, writing, scratching and writing on the walls. I think this guy was probably schizophrenic. I think he killed himself. I saw several dead people on my walk, but the man in black poses the greatest threat to the living. I'm meeting with a sketch artist to describe how he appeared in life. He was on the thin side between 5'10 and 6'1. I would say that his features were sharp. He had a longer nose than usual, very dark eyes. Is this who you saw? Yes.
5: Now that Amy and I have finished our investigations, it's time to reveal our findings to our clients and each other for the first time. Well, Amy, I'd like you to meet Tom and Rosanna. They're a married couple that own this place, uh, and they actually live here. Now, you know how most of our clients can't afford to move out? They actually can't. I want to show you where they came from. It's a Malibu beach house. Problem is, Rosanna's gotten obsessed with this place. It's taken over, and she refuses to leave. The activity is bad here and it's tearing their family apart. Matter of fact, here's a photo of everybody. There are two daughters, Aisha, Gabriella, who's Tom, and Rosanna. Aisha actually lives here, but Gabriella got so fed up with this place, she left, went as far away from here as she could. So Rosanna wants to know if it's safe to stay here while the rest of the family wants you to talk her into leaving. So now that Amy knows a little bit about what's going on, I'm going to ask going to tell us about her walk.
2: I was overwhelmed walking in. I got initially a lot of different types of residual impressions. The first one was when I was on the second floor, and I kind of felt like a fire had taken place. I was seeing all the people running, but I didn't feel like anybody died.
6: We had a fire in 2005, and it was on the second and third floor. It was a serious fire, but nobody was injured.
2: Okay.
6: I actually have a photo of the actual fire when it was happening.
2: Wow.
5: Now, this is the strange part. They were insured for $1.3 million exactly, right?
3: Uh-huh.
5: It cost exactly $1.3 million to fix that. Now, this is after renovating the place. They were getting ready to sell it, and then this happened.
2: Okay. Wow. The other thing that I got was when I walked into the lobby, I saw the floor sinking and, like, the carpets were wet. There was water. And there were several men talking. One man was saying that if all of this wasn't cleaned up and fixed, it, it would cause a mess. Another man was saying he didn't really care, that he didn't want to waste the money. It seemed to be a pretty stressful situation, so. Back in
5: 1928, March 12th to be exact, St. Francis Dam gave way. The Glen Tavern itself, the only damage it received was the first floor, water damage. Okay. The rest of the town got hit really bad. Now, the dam itself was 35 miles east of here, but when the dam failed, 12.4 billion gallons of water came rushing out. The water got as high as 140 feet and actually swept its way through this town. Estimate 500 died, at least 200 died that lived in Santa Paula. Now the other thing is, everybody that survived that flood wound up in this hotel at some point, you know, to seek refuge.
2: Makes sense now, okay.
5: What else did you see?
2: When I was on the second floor, there was uh, a suicide I got of a male who seemed to be schizophrenic. He was, like, crawling on the ceiling, and he was, like, writing on the walls. And I got that he hung himself.
5: Mm. Back in 2007, you guys actually owned the place at the time. Yes. A guy by the name of Henry, he hung himself in the closet using a belt. No, he had, according to the coroner's report, I read alcohol abuse. He'd been drinking heavily. Why he killed himself,
6: we don't know. We remember him very I well.
2: we remember
6: him. Um, And he was a very nice guy. Which floor did you say this happened?
2: It's the outside area. There's like two rooms.
6: That's correct, that's what that's happened. It's the exact spot where he hung himself.
2: That's right above our room. Oh, wow.
6: Well. I'm surprised that you found out about Henry. It was not in the papers. Well, I get information most people can't.
5: Anything else?
2: In several places throughout the hotel, I would suddenly feel this intense fear. It would feel like a rock just fell right into my stomach and then I would get really anxious. I definitely thought that living people would feel this sensation.
5: She feels Mm -hmm. all those things.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I
3: get that (sighs) terrible pit in my stomach, and I don't know where it's coming from. It's like this horrible thing, like uh, impending doom. (laughs) Just
5: stop. do me a favor. Just explain to Amy about the dynamics of the family, how obsessed you really are with this place.
3: Well, I feel at home. I love this place. But my family, they don't like the fact that I love it so much. They're kind of jealous, I think.
6: That scares me. It sounds like you want to stay here forever. And that—that sounds strange. It sounds obsessive. Our kids had complained ever since we bought the place that it was causing us to behave in unnatural ways. That (laughs) something—something—seemed to happen to us here. This is supposed to be temporary.
3: I like it here. What can I say? I love it. It feels like home. I know. Sorry, but
6: tell them I'm sorry. Is there a reason she may
5: have a draw to this place? She, like, a sensitive yeah. maybe?
2: Actually, I think she might be drawn here for a different reason. Some people, they'll just be attracted to locations where they were in previous lives. They feel this strong pull, and it feels like their are home.
5: And they don't
3: know why.
2: And they don't know why. I've always felt that way.
6: Why would you come back? Seriously.
2: Because I like it. And that's kind of an example of how those situations can become kind of unhealthy.
6: And it's become our life. It's become kind of all-consuming all for our whole family.
2: The feelings that you've had of anger and anxiety are mostly caused by one entity. And I met him on the third floor. Mm. One of the rooms up there is very much his area. The room was 308. He'll do whatever it takes to keep people out. He very much dislikes women. You know, like I'm seeing this woman laying in a bed and he's pinning her down and he's like punching her across the face. He's
5: not a good person at all. L-308's your most active.
3: It's one of the most active, And that's
5: where you get most of your customer complaints.
3: Right. About two weeks ago, a man came downstairs and just threw the key on the front desk and said, you guys didn't tell me this was haunted. He stormed out of here. He was so mad.
5: She got locked in a bathroom down here one time. Explain that to Amy what happened.
3: I was in a bathroom inside of a room that has no windows. And as I closed the door, I saw the doorknob move. And then the doorknob fell to the floor. Oh, wow. And I started hitting the door and screaming louder and louder. And before you knew it, I was in complete hysteria. And then finally, housekeeper happened to go in that area and heard me screaming. It was the scariest time of my life.
5: Now, is this something that this guy can do?
2: It's something that he could and would probably do. What I was able to get out of him was that he was a transient. This was back in the late 1800s and he is just a very, very, very nasty person. I do believe that this male was a serial killer. He killed women mostly and they were prostitutes. His preferred method was to strangle them but occasionally he did have to shoot people.
5: Now, I don't know about anybody killing prostitutes, but there's one guy that came across during research that might have fit the bill, especially the time frame, the traveling, killing people. This guy, Joe Dye, not a good guy. He killed a boss of his in Los Angeles. Uh, He actually killed another rival's dog to let him know he meant business. He shot and killed the dog. Apparently he had notches on his gun for the amount of people he killed. You mentioned he hated women, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Back in 1886, he was married to a very beautiful girl here in Santa Paula on a ranch, and he used to go away a lot for work. When he came back on one trip, he had heard that this guy, Herman Haynes, might be taken up with his wife. Joe died about a half a block from here, put a bullet in his back, and the guy lived for three days and then died. I got a photo of him. He's a crazy looking guy.
2: (laughs) Those eyes. Wow.
5: Now, do you think this is the guy you might have seen?
2: I, I don't know. You can look at the sketch and tell me.
5: Take a look. I mean...
2: Hmm.
6: They don't look like the same person. I
5: don't know about that.
6: If you put a beard on him? Oh, yeah. Maybe.
5: Well, whoever this guy was... What does he want with these guys i mean
2: what he wants is to continue being the way he was in life so he wants to kill women really
5: what do you think about all that
3: i do know that there is something here but i also feel that there's a lot of protection and a lot of good and uh if there is bad entities i'm sure that the good ones will knock them out
6: you think as long as you respect the the building, that's going to treat you well and protect you.
2: Oh no, no. Mm mm.
3: I do have more compassion for what my daughters are saying.
5: I think Gabriella would be very happy to hear you say that.
3: I think you're right. I know you're right.
5: Well, we know, what, we know what's going on in the hotel, but the big question remains, is it healthy or safe for you to stay here? Or do you need to leave? For that, I'm going to turn it over to Amy.
2: I do think that you had a past life here. You have a connection here, and unfortunately, in this situation, you have deceased individuals here who have a connection with you as well. And they're going to try to keep you here and manipulate you and blind you and bring that other person that they knew more and more to life in the present day. But that was then, and that was another lifetime. And this is now, and this is your life now. And you need to move forward, not backwards. So what I would like you to do is bring in five mediums and there are three types of mediums, and I would like one of each of them to be present. So there's a mental medium, a physical medium, and a psychic medium. The other two can be of any discipline. So they would do two things, clear the residual energy from this place, and also move on as many of the deceased people as they can. Following that, You should really consider selling this place and walking away. The dead are going to be whispering, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. And try to change your mind. Will they let me go? It's about you letting them go and letting this building go. Keep that in your head as a mantra. You know, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. You're not gonna ruin my marriage. You're not gonna ruin my relationships with my family. This is my freaking life now.
3: I can see the possibilities and I can see where I possibly can go, but I'm torn because it's like there's two people and I I feel that other force coming within me, like saying no, you Mm -hmm. know, that my identity is here. I do believe that I can do it, but it's gonna take a process.
6: There's too much wiggle room in that approach. You just have to make a decision. Let's say she moves everybody out and she doesn't
5: leave here. Is her past life gonna consume her? Yes.
3: I can see that happening, yeah. I'm making myself and my family stuck,
2: you know? Because it is so beautiful and it just... just Let someone else take care of it. You've done your time. I really hope Rosanna follows my advice and leaves her past life in the hotel behind. I believe if she does that and embraces the present, she and her family will be free of the obsession tearing them apart.